All right. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Are we on there? That's uh, okay. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. I just want to echo, do not miss next week. Do not miss next week. You are going to, Pastor Chris is going to take ugly to a whole new level. And uh, so, uh, no, ugly sweaters, ugly sweaters. So um, it's going to be a fantastic time. Don't miss it. Uh, don't miss it. And uh, that have defined um, New Covenant Church are the, are the thoughts about connecting with God and connecting with others. Amen. And uh, so this whole idea of uh, being connected to God and, and being connected to others, that, that, that's what we're wanting to do here. We're wanting to, to have God just uh, dress our lives in his presence so that we can make a difference in, in other people's lives. Amen? Amen. Well, today, like I said, um, one of the things that we've, um, that we've been uh, called to do that's kind of been a part of our journey all along is having been connected with God and connecting and through our connection with God, then connecting with each other. So we believe that New Covenant Church exists to make an impact for Jesus around the world and across the street. Now, uh, years ago, when those words first started being formulated, um, they were just kind of catchy phrases. I mean, they had some, some, a little bit of weight to them. But through the years, we've understood that God had a prophetic revelation, a, um, a real prophetic word that was going to define who we are uh, as a church and that, um, that, this is, that this was something that was not just a catchy phrase, but it was directional. It was prophetically directional in our lives to, to say this is that we're going to exist to impact people's lives, that we're going to impact, we're going to let God so impact our lives that what he does out of what he does in our lives, we're going to impact and make a difference in other people's lives, literally literally around the world and uh, across the street. And so we're not going to get focused on just ourselves. We're not just going to live for ourselves. We're not just going to uh, consume everything on ourselves. We're going to be people who give, who live to give. And um, yesterday, uh, yesterday, um, December 7th, was my spiritual birthday, Pearl Harbor Day. And uh, yes, praise the Lord. I'm so, so, so thankful for that. But I, I've got to tell you that one of the things that the Lord um, really did impart into my life was that, that, that when I got saved, I realized that I got saved from, 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 from death. I, I was dead and I was headed nowhere and had no future and had no hope for eternity. But, but when I got saved, when, when Danny led me to the Lord... I mean, things changed in my heart, and all of a sudden I recognized instead of having to always trying to be getting something from someone and always needing something from someone and somebody to help my insecurities and all my, all my junk and stuff and all that, that all of a sudden I had something to give. And folks, I just want to tell you that if you're in Jesus Christ and, and we as a church, that part of the destiny of who we are called to be is to be people who live to give. People who are not focused on ourselves, but people who are here to make an impact, to pour ourselves out on, the behalf, on behalf of others. Amen? You need to say amen bigger than that. Amen? Amen. amen. And folks, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the way that you're doing that. Pastor Chris alluded to it. We're making an impact in the lives of, of people on all sectors of society, every uh, socioeconomic level, every uh, ethnic group. We want to impact everybody. And I really do appreciate the way that you're doing that. Through our holiday ministries this year, I, I, I'm telling you, 
when I started looking over and seeing the list of places where we're helping to, to make an impact for Jesus, it stirred my heart. Literally, listen to this, literally, you, through your giving this year, will impact over, the, over a thousand children's lives through holiday ministries. Amen? A thousand. I mean, that's in, in, in India, in Costa Rica, in Romania, and here in Tyler, Texas. So thank you for that. Thank you for um, having a heart to make an, a difference in our community. I appreciate that we really do want to make a difference here locally and globally. We want to we help the hurting. We want to rescue those that are in prison. We want to reach out to the poor and make a difference uh, for, in their lives for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. And can I tell you? that you're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that if we allow, if we wear an ugly thing in our lives called selfishness. Selfishness. And, that, and that's what I want to talk about today. And honestly, um, every person here, we don't have to pray about it. Every person here battles with, with selfishness. We battle with a focus on ourselves. In, in my life, I've got to tell you that this has probably been one of the areas that I've battled most. Um, battled, battled sometimes out of pride, sometimes out of lack, sometimes out of a, a wrong belief about who God was or who I was in Christ. And, and, and this, this thing of selfishness will try to trist, twist and distort our lives to make us absolutely unproductive in the kingdom of God. Amen? So, we've done this for the last couple of weeks, so why not one more time? Let's just uh, read a couple of lists about um, maybe the characteristics of a selfish person. What, what does a selfish person look like? Uh, last week, I appreciate somebody came up to me after a service and said, Oh, that list that you read, I, can I have a copy of that list? I said, Well, wow, yeah, that's great. He said, Man, it describes everything about my and then went on to describe this person. <laughs> described everything about somebody that I know, somebody that was in my life. And, and, and I'm sure that's true, but let's ask the Holy Spirit today to help us to make personal application. Amen? Uh, God, do it in me first and point it out in me first. Let me get the telephone pole out of my own eye so that I can help somebody get, it out of, get the toothpick out of theirs. Amen? All right. Uh, characteristics of a selfish person. A selfish person doesn't enjoy giving. A selfish person is controlling, seeks power or influence over others, is manipulative, lacks the ability to identify with and understand the feelings and needs of others, is unwilling to express appreciation, has little ability to see how his uh, behavior, his or her behavior affects others, gets angry when everything doesn't go the way they want, expects to get something back from everything they give, has an exaggerated sense of self-importance and entitlement. Entitlement, woo, right? We don't even want to get off on that subject, do we? Craves admiration or attention, is always blaming and critical of others, is constantly preoccupied with appearances, has difficulty forgiving, lies and uses others to obtain whatever they want, denies, diverts, and shifts blame. 
Uh, I think a selfish person will use the tactic, um, if something's not going their way, they'll go on the offensive. A good, end, a good offense always being, is, a, is um, sometimes the best defense. Maybe you've been in a relational situation where there's a, um, I know we never have arguments, but maybe you had a, a loud discussion. And in that loud discussion, um, one of the tactics I used to always use in our relationship, in my relationship with Yvette, was uh, she would uh, express truth to me, and I knew she was right, but instead of admitting that I was wrong, I would just go on the attack and use words and, and just try to, to beat somebody down. And I'm just telling you, that's a characteristic of a selfish person. They act, uh, a selfish person acts in an emotionally immature way. A selfish person always portrays him or usually portrays himself as a victim. Okay? So here are some ways that um, a selfish person will manifest. Uh, in a relationship, okay? Now, let me say this. Sometimes it's okay to be a little selfish, uh, and, and not consumed with selfishness, but I'm not saying that we don't ever take care of ourselves. I think we need to, to rest. You need uh, to be healthy. Um, you need to, to make sure that you value your life appropriately, even uh, as God does. Uh, so we're, we're not talking about this place because there's some people that the way that they um, the way that they that what that, the way they live is just constantly giving and they they exhaust themselves to the point of where they're no good to be helpful to anybody else and then that's not the either ditch is you're in the ditch right uh, that's not where we want to be so here's just a sign in relationship that maybe you're um, dealing with a selfish person or being a selfish person and I'm, I'm going to use the the, the pronoun he here, but it means he or she, okay? So uh, one sign is that everything bothers him, okay? Everything bothers can't do anything right. Um, a second thing is they nag about your looks. They, um, they're not your friend. You know, when you were dating in a dating relationship and friendship and anything you wanted and let's do everything together and then all of a sudden there's not a friendship anymore. Uh, argues for no reason, just what we were talking about a minute ago. Best offense, uh, best defense, a good offense. They only, uh, they only have sex when they want to. They're not concerned about another person's needs. Um, your selfish, the selfish person in a relationship doesn't show any empathy, doesn't show any empathy. Maybe you've heard this before, you know, when you're first um, in a relationship, first married, and your, your spouse gets sick, you know, husband, your wife gets sick, and it's like, babe, is there anything I can do for you? It's two o'clock in the morning. I'll run to the, to the store. I'll, uh, you know, whatever it is, I'll just go and do it. And here, let me fix you some tea. Let me, let me, get, let me do anything I can for you. You know, after about five or 10 years of marriage, and your, you know, your wife's got a broken leg laying in the floor bleeding, and you're like, hey, babe, don't get blood on the floor. Can you get up, please? You know, it's almost time for me to, you know, uh, those, type of, those type of things, right? So um, first baby, you know, oh, let me do it, Th uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth baby. It's like, a, hey, keep that kid from crying, you know, what's going on with you here? So um, they, um, the, the selfish person, their interests come first. The selfish person finds you as the main culprit for anything and for everything. Everything goes wrong in your life. It's somebody else. It's never them. Um, this one says, your selfish husband is always right. He's not Mr. Right. He's Mr. Always Right. Um, a selfish man thinks his behavior is normal. It's the way I am. It's just the way I was created. And <clears throat> let me say, that's not God's creation. That's not God's plan for, for life. Amen? Amen? 
How about this? How about selfish parents, okay? Children that are in here, young people that are in here, selfish parents. Here's just a couple of things. Selfish parents turn every, conversa- <coughs> excuse me, turn every conversation to themselves. They expect you to meet their emotional needs. This, uh, a selfish parent um, ignores the impact of negative comments on you. So they'll say things like, you're stupid, no good, don't have any future, never amount to anything. Um, if you've ever heard those same statements, let me say, that's not saying something about you. It's saying something about that person, about that parent, okay? Uh, has a, parent, uh, a selfish parent has a high need for attention. They brag, salt, complain. They uh, tease inappropriately. Um, they're loud, boisterous, always trying to be the center of the situation. They become angry when their needs are not met. They have an attitude of anything you can do, I can do better. They're always, have you ever met anybody like that? Anything you can do, I can do better. And there's always one-upmanship, and, 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 and you tell a story, and they tell a bigger story. And, you know, that, that's, uh, I'm telling you, that's just that, that selfishness, that's man, that insecurity that's manifesting in selfishness. And so um, they seek status. They spend money to impress others. They forget what you've done for them, yet f- continually remind you of what you owe them. Wow, right? Uh, They neglect the family to impress others. They are always seeking to gain admiration. They don't obey the law and see themselves above the law. Um, They ignore other people's feelings, their children's feelings, call them overly sensitive or touchy. Um, they, They tell you how you should feel, okay? Not respect. Oh, I just saw a bunch of faces go... All right, so um, they, tell, they tell you how you should feel instead of caring about how you do feel. They don't listen. They can't allow your opinions. Um, they have shallow emotions in, interest, and they use emotional blackmail to get what they want. Let me just say this. Selfishness in all of its manifestations are ugly. They're just, it's just ugly. And it has no life in the place, no life in the place, of a disciple or of a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So Holy Spirit, just help us to see today in your word, by your spirit, God, anything in us that doesn't reflect the genuine liberality of Jesus in our lives. Amen. Amen. I want us to look into the scripture. We're going to read some scriptures today. We're going to start with James chapter 3, verse 13. It says this. We're reading from the easy-to-read version today, right? So all the cowboy fans can read along. And um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So sort of, kind of. I'm sorry. Don't leave. Don't leave. I'll stop. All right. So, don't, don't. All right. <clears throat> James chapter 3. Are there any among you who are really wise and understanding? Then you should show your wisdom by living right. You should do what is good with humility. A wise person does not boast. Listen to this. If you are selfish and have bitter jealousy in your hearts, you have no reason to boast. Your boasting is a lie that hides the truth. Okay, what's the lie that it's hiding there? It, where, where did we get everything we've got? The only reason we have anything, the only reason we are anything, it's, it's not because of our goodness. It's not because we chose to make ourselves something. Everything we have, everything we are, we've received as a great, wonderful gift from a good God. Amen? The giver of all gifts. He's a great and perfect God. He goes on, he says, uh, um, that kind of wisdom, that kind of wisdom does not come from God. That wisdom comes from the world. It's not spiritual. 
Uh, and and that, that whole term spiritual in our world today, oh, they're a very spiritual person. They're, they're, very, they're, they're somebody's very spiritual. They've got all this human wisdom, and they're all tied into all this kind of stuff that's outside of the outside of the of the liberality of the freedom that's in the life of Jesus Christ, and and it's something spiritual. Look, it's not spiritual. Let me tell you. Here's what the Word of God says. It says that it's not spiritual. It's from the devil. It's, it's from the devil. It's spiritually, it's spiritually dark. It's spiritually demonic, demonic, trying to lead you astray, trying to make your life of no value in the kingdom of God. But God's got a better plan. Amen? So he says, beware where there is jealousy and selfishness. There will be confusion and every kind of evil. Every kind of evil. Selfishness opens this door for all kinds of evil to exist in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, lies and wrong beliefs, and on and on and on. Galatians chapter 5 follows up with this and says this. It says, the wrong things, the, self, the sinful self, the wrong thing, the sinful self, the, the selfish, uh, sinful person, the selfishness of our, of our flesh, the wrong things that the sinful self does are clear, committing sexual sin, being morally bad, doing all kinds of shameful things, worshiping false gods, idols. Now, Pastor Chris spoke about this uh, uh, sometime a few months ago, about idolatry and how, how, how devastating that is in our lives. Anything we put before God, anything that we give affection to and attention to and, uh, and control or authority or influence in our lives more than God is an idol, Right? And it says here, worshiping false gods, taking part in witchcraft, hating people, causing trouble, being jealous, angry, or selfish. Sometimes we think, oh, well, that's just a, you know, it's just a, it's a, just a little thing. It's not. Selfishness and self-centeredness and, and self-focus, is it's not a small thing. It's a dangerous thing because it causes people, as the scripture goes on to say, to argue and to, to divide into separate groups. And we don't see that in our world today, do we? Right? Uh, Yvette and I were talking uh, this week about, wouldn't it be nice to just be able to sit down and have a conversation with somebody that you disagreed with? But it seems like that that's just not able in our world. Can I say, as believers, we need to be able to have conversations with people who we disagree with spiritually, theologically, politically, 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 morally, lifestyle, life. We need to be able to have a, dis a discussion. We need to be able to listen without being threatening or being attacking. Or We need to be safe places. Amen. We need to be places where people can come and ask questions. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's go, guys. So um, listen to what it goes on. It says that these kind of people divide into separate groups, being filled with envy, getting drunk, having wild parties, and doing other things like this. I warn you now as I warned you before. Paul said, I love you so much. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to speak truth to you. I'm going to tell you truthful things because I'm telling you God's got a better plan for you. He says, the people who do these things will not have a part in the kingdom of God. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of commentaries on what that means, but can I tell you what I think? It means they won't experience kingdom life right here. 
They, they won't experience the love and the joy and the peace and the victory and the, and the freedom and the glory that comes with living a life of faith filled with the presence of Almighty God. And can I tell you, that's God's desire for every one of his children, that you're living in the, with the manifestation of his kingdom and his presence in your life, his goodness in your life. I want it. Anybody here want that? I want it. And can I tell you this? I want it for every person. I want it for my brothers and sisters and every person to the left and to the right here today, every single person. Second Timothy goes on and puts it like this. He says, people will love only themselves and money. <laughs> People will love only themselves. And he goes on and said, they'll be proud and boast about themselves. They will abuse others with insults. They won't obey their parents. They will be ungrateful against all that's pleasing to God. They'll have no love for others because the only thing that fills their lives is love for themselves. They will refuse to forgive anyone. They will talk about others to hurt them. They will have no self-control because self is in control. They have no self-control because they're so selfish that self is controlling their lives. They'll be cruel and will hate what is good. But for those who are selfish and self-seeking, Romans chapter 2 says, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Let me say, folks, we cannot live selfish lives without incurring the penalty of that type of, uh, uh, the results of that type of life in our own lives. You can't live for yourself and expect to receive all of the benefits and blessing of heaven in our lives here today. God's saying, I don't want you to live with those bad things. I don't want you to sow seeds, corrupt seeds, and receive corrupt harvests. I've got a better thing for you. I've got something better for you. And here's what Jesus offers. This is one of our verses on the, we have on the screen. It says this, Jesus in, Matthew 8, or in Mark chapter 8 says this. He says, verse 34, calling to the crowd with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen? So the, the plan is to follow, is either follow self or follow Jesus. Follow self or follow Jesus. One pizza, two pizzas. Right? <laughs> okay, let me help you with a choice. Bad thing, good thing. Self or Jesus, let's follow Jesus. Amen? So here are some ways, <clears throat> excuse me, here are some ways to defeat selfishness in our lives. Ready? Number one is to practice humility. Practice humility. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, In whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and honor others more than yourselves. Don't be too interested in only, in only your own life, but care about the, uh, the lives of others too. Don't just think about yourself. Don't, don't just focus on yourself. If all you do is think about and focus on yourself, then you're, you're going to be missing. You're missing huge, huge parts uh, of a beautiful, wonderful life. So Philippians says, think about others. Think about others. And, and you've just heard Pastor Chris talk about um, this, this, this lady who's just a representation Listen, during this holiday season, don't just think about what's on your Christmas list. Don't just think about what the need is in your life. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you, as the scripture says, right, be humble, honor others, okay? Think about others, pray for others, help others, and watch what happens in your life. Amen? 
A second thing is to practice service, practice service. Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, we know this, right? Jesus didn't come to, just to be served. He came to serve others. He served men and women, boys and girls, while he, was, while he was on earth. He served the hurting. He served the poor. He served those that were in bonds. He, he served the least. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how that he served the lepers and the outcasts. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. So in the same way, in the same way, what about us? Are we willing to serve? I looked that scripture, the scripture up in Romans chapter 15. It says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. It's not all about us, amen? It really isn't. It's not just about us getting what we want and our needs met. So he says this, he said, let each of us, Romans 15, 2, please his neighbor for his good. Let's look for ways that we can build somebody else up. For Christ did not please himself, but as is written, the reproaches of those who, uh, who reproached fell on him. Can I, can I give a suggestion about this, about practicing serving? We talk about serving here. And let me just say this. When we talk about serving, um, we're not asking. Well, in reality, we are asking something of you. But we're asking something for you and for your benefit. It's your benefit. It's for your benefit to serve. It's for your benefit to use your gifts and talents and abilities. It's for your benefit. Can I tell you that one of the greatest places we need to practice this is in our homes I expected a really a wave of amens right there, you know. So, yeah, thanks. It's too late now. It doesn't. No, I don't even go there. So, <laughs> but I'm serious, husbands. You want to show your love for your wives? Serve your wives. Serve them. Serve them. Show them how valuable they are. Show them how how esteemed they are. Show them how honored and how loved they are. Wives. You want to you want to you want to show you want to show your love and honor and respect your, serve them to your husband. Amen. Okay? Right. I heard a couple male voices. Men, that was not the time to amen. That was time for the ladies day, amen. Okay. All right. But serve them. Okay? Serve them with grace and with kindness and don't throw the food across the table and uh, but serve them. Let this practice start at home. And can I say this, parents, the way that you serve each other the way that you serve each other is going to set the example for what your kids believe about service. Did you get that? It's what you may say one thing, but what you do is, is going to be what they believe. Amen? I mean, it really is. And, and, and again, I could go on about this. It's one of those statements that's been burning in my heart. I get concerned about people being cool to the things of God or casual to the things of God whether it's prayer or the Bible or, or, or church. I mean, we've got a lot of people in our world. I'm thankful for you all being here today, and we love and appreciate you and value you and, and just so thankful. There's a lot of people that's like, uh, you know, church is kind of, eh, if I haven't got anything better to do, and if we don't have 14 other op- opportunities, then I'll show up for church. And, and can I tell you this? Can I say this to what you're casual about? They'll be cold about. 
You're setting a pattern. You're, 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 you're pouring belief systems. The Bible says that the eyes are the window to the soul. And what they, not what they hear you say, but what they see you do is what they'll put into the belief system of their lives and what they'll practice. I think it's time to turn up the heat on our commitment to God. Amen. Let's be hot about serving the Lord. Let's be hot about getting to worship God. Let's be hot about coming and, and fellowshipping and worshiping God together. Amen. 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 Number three, practice sacrifice. Practice sacrifice. Okay? Now, in the Old Testament, you only got to practice this one time <laughs> with an animal, right? But, but now, you know what? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we are to present ourselves as living sacrifices unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. And we do it day in and day out. Day in and day out. There's so many ways that we could do this, but can I say that one of the greatest ways that we need to practice sacrifice is by presenting ourselves unto the Lord. I just believe that we need more time in the presence of God. Do you hear me this morning? Yeah, but we got to do this. We got. Can I say, if we'll start from the presence of the Lord, it's amazing how much it'll change everything else. Corey encouraged us in that today, just the presence of the Lord. So um, Friday, uh, Friday I was out, um, you know, cutting the grass and raking up leaves and getting ready. We had the XYZ, the senior adults over at our house Friday night, and we had one heck of a time. It was amazing. It was amazing. Woo! If you, uh, man, the food, oh, it was a four-pound night. So um, it, was, it was amazing. It was fan, fantastic. But Friday, I was out, um, and I was cutting the grass and working in the yard, and I, had, I was on the lawnmower, and I had my headphones on, and I was listening to music, and I was worshiping and, and uh, listening to some teaching, and then I was worshiping. And all of a sudden, I um, heard the Lord say, Hey, Sam, and this, this was Friday, Saturday, yesterday was my spiritual birthday, he said, Sam, tomorrow's your birthday. What would you like? Now, here I am. I'm in the in presence, the presence of the Lord. I'm worshiping the Lord. I'm enjoying his presence. And he says, what would you like? And all of a sudden, in an instant, my mind started thinking about, what would I like? Well, there's like a truck. And I'd, you know, and all this, I'd like to get to do this, and I'd like to go here. And, and all of a sudden, my mind filled up with this list of things that were so far from the presence of God. Not, not bad things. There's nothing wrong with having a great, wonderful truck, right? Uh, you hear that you got that on the list? Okay, just so. But, but then all of a sudden I felt, I could almost, it was like I could see his gaze. Like when you ask a child, you know, and they say, hey, would you like this really wonderful, valuable thing? Or would you like this 10 cent, you know, old plastic toy? And they go, I want the toy, I want the toy, I want the toy. Here. No, you really don't want the toy, you know. Take the good thing, take the good thing. Take the good, you know. And I could hear the Lord, I could just kind of see his eyes as he said, really, is that what you want? And I could see him just kind of looking and smiling at me. And, and all of a sudden, oh God, that's not what I want. God, what I want is you. I want more of your presence. 
want more of your love. I want more of your goodness. I want more of all that you are. And, and something began to stir, just stir in my heart. And, and it really did become this, this hunger. It started fueling this passion. Was, God, I want more time with you. I want more intimacy with you. I, want, I just want to, spend, I want to be with you, God, because in your presence, I experience everything that my heart and that my soul longs for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever had a worry or a care or a, maybe just a deep problem, a burden, and, and you're carrying it and you're carrying it and you feel yourself being pressed down by it, and all of a sudden you get into the presence of the Lord and He lifts, He lifts it. And all of a sudden He begins to fill us with strength and all of a sudden He begins to fill us with hope and He fills us with faith and He fills us with joy and He fills us with peace and confidence. Has anybody ever experienced that? Oh my God. God, I pray, I pray, I pray that every one of us would experience that. Would experience that. As a matter of fact, just right where you're at right now, you don't have to stand, just close your eyes and why don't you just lift your hands and say, oh God, I want your presence. Oh God, even if I really don't want your presence right now, I pray that you would so move and stir my heart and my soul. God, that I would want your presence, that I would desire your presence. Oh God, that I would desire your fullness in my life, God. Oh God, just do that today, Holy Spirit, I pray. Do that today cause a hunger and a thirst for you. Help us to be people who genuinely seek you first, who got all that we are, God, is just consumed in your presence and you fill us with all that you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just tell him, say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Amen? Amen. Romans puts it like this. It says, instead of all these other things, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord and it goes on and says, and don't let yourself think about the ways to indulge your fleshly, selfish, evil desires. I pray that we would be clothed with the presence of the Lord. And if we're clothed with the presence of the Lord, you know what will happen? We will, final thing here, we will practice generosity. We'll be people who, um, as Hebrews chapter 13 says, do not neglect good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If we're sacrificed, if, if we're saturated with the presence of the Lord, if we're clothed with the presence of the Lord, can I tell you, we will live generously in every area of our lives. We'll, we'll live generously financially. Again, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness in all of your tithes and offerings and, and holiday ministry giving. And thank you for your building. Hey, we got final sets, stand, engineered I meant to have them here this morning. We have plans for a new building. Hallelujah. Woo! With, with God's help, they'll go to the city this week for, um, for some approval and permits and things like that. So thank you. Thank you for all of your financial giving. But can I say this? Don't let your financial blessings be limited to just what you do at church. Bless a server at a restaurant. Maybe there's somebody who uh, has a need in your family, whatever it is. Um, time. We'll be generous with our time. I know that's the most valuable commodity that we have. And one quick prompting that I wanted to just share this morning is, hey, even when we come to church, look at me. I know some of you are going, time, it's about time for you to land this plane here, buddy. So 
Time, time, time. Let me say, we used to say this all the time, but when, when you come to church, don't just come for yourself. Don't be so narrow and small and need some other bad words to say, Chris. Yeah, some, you know, just don't be so self-focused and selfish that you don't take time to share your life with somebody else. To share a hug or a smile or a handshake or, 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 or to just to give yourself. I'm, I'm telling you, Folks, there's some amazing, wonderful people in here that have so much to give and so much to share. Uh, don't, don't, don't just come and consume. Be a giver. Be a giver. Be, be generous with who you are in the lives of others. A word of encouragement. You'd be surprised how far a word of encouragement. Matter of fact, I challenge you before you leave here today, give somebody just a word of encouragement. Be generous with your hospitality. Amen? Inviting some friends over and having some fellowship. Be generous with your gifts and your, your wisdom and your help, your, your care, your love for others. And as you pour out, as you wear the presence of God and you pour yourself out generously, not living selfishly, but pour yourself out generously, I believe that God, God will pour himself back in and over and through our, our lives in ways that will overwhelm us. Has anybody ever experienced that? How many people know you can't outgive God? Amen? Amen. So, Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you today, God, that you would remove anything. Come on, church. Anything, God, any spot or blemish, anything that reeks of selfishness in our lives. God, that, that self would be gone. Self would be crucified. Self, God, would um, be removed out of the way. And that Jesus, you would clothe us with your love, your forgiveness, and your presence. For we are yours, and we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.